Thank you for tuning in. Uh, welcome back to Choices to Consequences, uh, my second episode. Uh, I'm not feeling too well, so my voice might sound a bit uh, a bit off. I just got over an illness, and uh, it's come back again. I got over it for about three days. I rushed back into the gym like an idiot, and uh, yeah, so I'm not feeling too great. So uh, bear with me, please. Something to do with nothing. I went to a, a tennis exhibition, the Lawn Tennis Association, yesterday. What a brilliant day out. Uh, yeah, all, that's where all the professionals play. It's in Roehampton. So me and Dave, my uh, C2 officer, and uh, John, another C2 candidate, client, went there, had uh, lunch there, played paddle tennis. What a brilliant game. I didn't even know that was a thing, but anyway, brilliant. Uh, got to speak to all the, well, a professional player, Jody, I think her name was. Uh, see Andy Murray there, didn't get to speak to him, but we see him playing. And what a great day out. So, uh, yeah, if if they hear this podcast, thank, thank you very much for all the people. It was actually through a Hackrow uh, that organised that. So thank you to Hackrow, uh, Tony, especially Tony, and uh, thank you to Dave for taking us. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that. I really appreciate that. So, yeah, ending on my last episode, we talked about uh, me getting caught for a conspiracy to defraud the London Clearing Bank. So that was my first real offence, my first proper offence, which is like court. So... uh, I remember the first time I was arrested, like, for this. So, I mean, uh, getting taken into the police cells. I'll, 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 I'll talk about how I got arrested. Right, I used to work in a taxi base, as you know. And do you know what? You know they say you can sense things. You can, you've got a feeling. I, I swear, and I'm not trying to get all mystical in that, but I really had this feeling that, you know what? something don't feel right today I just really did. I felt off all day when I was working I used to work in the office so I'd, I'd answer the phones dispatch the taxis where they need to go uh, and just deal with customers over the phone uh, I never drove a taxi because uh, I, 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 I just didn't so uh, anyway to get into the office there was an intercom door and you know like imagine you're at home and imagine like your mum knocks a door, she hasn't got a key. You all know your family's knock. Well, I did anyway. I knew that was my dad. That's my dad coming in. That's my brother knocking. He's forgot his keys. That's my sister. That's my mum. You you just know. So we knew the drivers. That's, they knock like that. They ring the buzzer in a certain way. So when the buzzer went really hard, like, um, like buzzing, bang 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 one after another I just thought hold on who's that that don't sound right and I was working with a colleague he was on the dispatch I was on the phones so I've gone to it I've picked up the handset that was against the wall I've gone hello they've gone hi this is uh, PZ whoever it was I can't remember can you open the door please and I've gone uh, what what, what for this is uh, so and so taxis what, what do you want and they're like that, yeah, can you open the door, please? They don't want to say anything until they've, they've come in, you know, it's, it's standard police procedure, I suppose. 
So before I pressed the buzzer, I I had a <laughs> I had six credit cards on me. So I folded them up into a book. Uh, I think it was an A to Z even, and I've turned it round and I've pushed it back into the bookshelf. And the police have come up. I've let them up. They come barging in. Oh, are you are you uh, so and so, colleague? I said, yeah, that's me. They are right. You're under arrest, so and so. You know. And then obviously, you know, they told me what it's for, and uh, I'm off. Police station. Me thinking, yeah, they, they didn't get the cards. I don't know how they got the cards. In the end, they actually got the cards. So I don't know how that. I don't know how that transpired. I've got my suspicions, but uh, I don't like to point the finger. But come on, man. Do you know what I mean? It's not hard to work out. Uh, that's why when I was uh, arrested and charged, I was charged with the with the offences that came with those six cards. So it was 187 offences, which are off the back of those cards. The other cards they didn't catch, I didn't get charged with, but those ones I did. So anyway, they read it out, blah, 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 187 offences. And me, like an idiot, I've just gone guilty to the whole thing. Uh, there's probably proof on some of them. But if you've done 10 crimes, if there's proof for numbers 2, 3, 4, and there's proof for numbers 185, 86, 87, it's obvious you've done the ones in between. And it didn't help that the guy in the petrol station gave a statement, given my name. So, um, you know, I can't get out of that one. So, anyway, yeah, like I said, I got bail because it was, you know, those days it was my first offence, like proper offence, so I got bail, you know. I don't think I've ever got bail since then, but, uh, yeah, I've got bail. Anyway, to appear at a magistrate's court. Then I'm I'm just fast-forwarding here. I've gone to magistrate's court, obviously, you know, in a month, two or three, whatever month however long time it was and then from there they've gone crown court and do you know what all this time this these this uh the proceedings were going on you know magistrate's court crown court the seriousness of it was not it, it wasn't coming into my head i really thought oh you know that's just normal oh, nothing i'll be all right sweet but when i had the when i had a, an appointment with my solicitor back then uh Oh, it doesn't matter who I used anyway. When I had a point in my solicitor, when they said to me, Look, mate, you know, you admitted all these offences, you didn't have to do that, but all right, you've done that now, you're going to jail, but we can get round it with the pre sentence report, say what it was for, drug addiction, so on and so forth. Me, like an idiot, when it came to my pre sentence report, I had an argument with the probation woman, I swore at her and just walked out. Well, there goes my getting out of jail, doesn't it? So, uh, in Crown Court now, they read out the thing that, you know, you didn't turn up to one appointment, and then the other appointment, you, you ended up swearing at the woman and walking out. So, uh, fast forward, and she turns around and goes, or sorry, he turned around and goes, it was Judge Cripps, renowned judge, uh, and gave me two years. I didn't know what happened. I, I swear to you, I didn't know what happened. I was standing there, and when they've gone two years, and then the the guys come and grab my wrists and took me down, I, I was like, what, who, what? Two years, me, where, what, what was that? Well, sorry, sorry, one minute, mate, what was that? What did you say? I didn't know what happened. I was like in a world of my own, thinking, what's going on here? I was, everything felt hollow, I felt hollow. I felt like a shell, walking down, no feeling, or, or I don't think muscles were working properly, uh, but I remembered how to walk, uh, and I've, I've got down to the the cells, 
and uh, I was allowed to visit, obviously through a glass screen, because it's Crown Court. So my pal and uh, my brother came down, and when he, when my pal goes to me, just be strong, that's when a tear, you know, I got teary-eyed. I was like, I didn't know it was half. I didn't know it was two years and, and you do 12 months. I didn't know all that then. I just thought, two years. Oh, God, what am I going to do? Uh, and anyway, they grabbed me out of there, put me back in. Uh, it wasn't long before the bus come. Yeah, bus is here, come on. Uh, cuffed me up, took me to the bus, put me on the bus. I was expecting a normal bus. This was like, you know, a sweat box. I didn't know it was called a sweat box. I'm on that. And there's other criminals there who have been in jail. So they were asking the questions. They're going, Gov, Gov, where are we going, mate? Where are we going? And, uh, would you? They were, they were reluctant to answer at first, but anyway, they got it out of them. Woodhill. Ah, oh, cheers, Gov. That's what they were saying. And I, I, I didn't know what Woodhill was. I didn't know what Woodhill was. So, uh, oh, that's Milton Keynes, isn't it? So now I know we're going Milton Keynes. That's as much as I know. Woodhill, I don't know what that means. Anyway, long journey, because it is a long journey. Milton Keynes ain't close. Got there. Big door opens. Gone in, door closes behind. They've done the checks with the mirror and all that. And, uh, yep, gone through. And I remember coming off coming off the bus and uh, being in the holding cells. I, I swear to you, I was so scared. And, and anyone who says they weren't scared their first time in jail, they're just lying. It's an absolute myth. No one... No one is not scared, so I was I was petrified actually, beyond scared, because don't forget I'm I'm surrounded with all these big, huge, seasoned, tattooed up criminals, praying I don't make eye contact with them, like just looking at the floor constantly, <laughs> and uh, when they've called me up, they've gone, uh, they said my surname, come here, stand there, don't don't. Don't cross that line, but stand on that line. So I stood on the line. And then they've got my property, uh, like my clothing and that. I had a big bag of toiletries. They just knotted up the bag and binned it. You're not allowed any of that. All right, then. Uh, not even the cotton buds, nothing. Bin. So they they uh, go through my property, but I'm not allowed it yet. They just said, basically, you've got property, boom, 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 sign. So what do I do? I lean over the line to sign. Get back. Oh, God. Get back. I sign. And, uh, you know, go from one cell to the other. I can't remember clearly, but it's a few holding cells before they took us over to the wings. Back then, we're talking 99, 2000, 99 it was, the, the first thing you go on is the induction wing. They said you'll only be here for a week or two before you go on to one of your selected wings. And it was 2B, two, two, two I think, was induction, and 2A was the YP wing, which is a young offender's wing. Noisy, they're really noisy. Uh, they're always shouting abuse at each other, so you can hear all that. I don't know it's a YP wing. I just think that is where I live now. Uh, I'm, up, I'm up in a cell on the third tier. Uh, is it third? No, I think there's only a second tier. I can't remember. 
I think Widow's only two in it. Anyway, so I'm in the corner cell, and um, I've got a light off someone because I don't have a lighter. They took the lighter off me. Widow, you're only allowed matches. So I, I didn't. I don't know all this. So I'm chain smoking till I've literally got two fags left for the morning. Uh, those days you could smoke then. They've opened up my cell in the morning and uh, you get cooked breakfasts on Saturday, Sunday. So I landed on Friday and uh, Saturday, boom, cooked breakfast. Yeah, breakfast open. I don't know what to do. But I've got my bowl and my bedding. I've got all that. They give you that kit. Uh, breakfast, I don't know what to do. I've got a bowl in my hand, a plate, a mug. Uh, what do I do? Uh, do I just look and follow or can you imagine that you, you don't know what to do when they shout breakfast it's not like the officers go breakfast hello there good morning if you follow that gentleman down you'll get your breakfast at the servery they're not going to say that so I'm I'm standing outside uh, with a bowl and a plate in my hand but then I see the other people walking down and queuing up so I thought yes my opportunity I've gone down there and I can remember the breakfast it was two slices of toast a boiled egg, porridge, and tin tomatoes. Lovely breakfast. What a lovely breakfast. Uh, yeah. Got hot water from the urn because you're not, you weren't allowed kettles in. Got the hot water. They give you like a little tea pack with uh, stuff in it. You know, your tea bags. You get one coffee and uh, uh, you get the trimmings, you know, milk and all that. So, uh, made a cuppa, got a light off someone again. Used, I think I, I used the phone. I can't remember, because they give you like a starter pack. That was it, I'm sure that was it. They gave me a starter pack. I can't quite remember. I think they gave me a starter pack, which had a phone card in it, and uh, things like that. Uh, I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah, rolling tobacco, Rizla. That's what it was. Rolling tobacco, Rizla. I'm sure that was it. I can't can't remember now. Uh, was that it? I can't remember. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm on that wing. And uh, don't forget, I've been there a day. The first thing that I'll get into, watch this. I'm on the bottom floor now. And some guy calls me. But he calls me by a name that was the nickname of a friend of mine. So I'm turning around looking for this friend. And he, he keeps shouting and I'm going, who's this friend? Where's my mate? Because I was only with this mate yesterday, you know, before I come to jail. And I'm thinking, he's shouting, where is he? He's not here. He ain't come to jail, he went on the bus. So obviously I've approached the guy who's shouting this name out and then as I've gone over he's he's on a wheelchair this guy he's grabbed me and he, he he's a bit he's a, he was a known nutcase in his time he's grabbed me he's pulled me towards him and towards him and he's gone to headbutt me Fuck it, you know I've been there less than 12 hours mate do you know what I mean I don't need this uh, and I moved out of the way he missed me obviously and he's gone you're so-and-so. I said, I'm not. That guy's skinny, tall with glasses. I'm fat. Uh, so, no, it's not. And then he's gone, oh, yes, 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 yes. 
Then he said my name. And I've gone, yeah, that's me. Because I met him through another pal of mine who just finished a seven and a half a kidnap. Anyway, that's another story. So he's gone, oh, yeah, that was you that time, that time, blah, 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 that time, that time. I've gone, yeah, that was me. He's gone, oh, sorry, my bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so. And he's been really apologetic. He's a nice guy anyway. Anyway, he's gone to me. He's gone, right, listen, stop being up there on your own in that cell. Speak to the officers and move him with me on the, gra on the ground floor. Because he's in a wheelchair, just say, look, you, you need to be in there to help me out. I'm your friend from road, blah, 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 blah. I don't really know how to do all this. I'm kind of embarrassed to approach the officer and just say this. So he's done all that. And the officer's gone, yeah, no problem. Just once you've done, come and see me. I said, sweet. Grabbed my pack, grabbed my bed in, came downstairs, moved it in. Don't forget, I've been there a day. This is a day. And then he's gone uh, at night, one night, we're, we're there just smoking the fag, having a tea or whatever. And he's gone, do you know what? When the police raided me, he goes, I swallowed a quarter of crack. Now, I'm a crack smoker. Don't forget that. I've been in jail two days. A quarter of crack in jail is, is huge money. We're talking huge money. Uh, but obviously, we're going to smoke it. And, I, and I've, gone, I've gone, how long have you been in? And he's gone, I've been in seven days. I was on the... the hospital wing because obviously he's in a wheelchair he's, he's quite bad like that and I've gone listen mate you know I don't know about you know pooing things out and all of that so he's explained all that I don't, it's, it's a shock to me like oh god uh, but he goes it's wrapped up properly and I said listen come on man seven days come on really he's gone yeah but I've checked and it's it's not come out I'm telling you it hasn't come out I'm like seven days you're on god knows how many medication you're on all these sorts of pills really you know really come on now uh, of course it's come out so i've just put it to the back of my mind thinking yeah that's done you'll never guess what he's got on the toilet Blip. he's got one of them plastic spoons and he's gone look he's gone it's here he cleaned it off grabbed at one end of the cling film which was coming apart and he's pulled it and the thing's just unrolled and it's a huge quarter of crack cocaine me I'm ecstatic now I, I'm right in my comfort zone I'm like yes get in uh, what do we do he's like we need to construct a pipe H how do we construct a pipe we're in, we're in jail He's gone, right, watch me make it. He starts getting his crutches out and starts doing this and getting the, burning the foil off the tobacco pouch and putting it on the end and doing all this. I'm thinking, come on, mate, really? What are you doing? Me, obviously, I've just got the bottle, uh, got the foil, put it over it, clasped it, and, you know, I'm a professional, and I? So it didn't take me more than a minute. We've got a big ashtray full of cigarette ash to put on top. That's it. We're away. I'm, I'm, I'm right in my comfort zone. Uh, it's matches then, so we've run out of matches like idiots. Middle of the night, we we still want to smoke. We've got on the buzzer. Officers come. He's thrown water on his whole body, wet himself, sat on the floor by the door, and gone. Officer, 
oh look I'm having a panic attack uh, I need some matches so the officer's gone to our neighbour and gone you got matches with your neighbour mate he's gone here he's thrown under about 16 15 16 matches uh, so that's our lot for the morning I didn't know about making a wick and all that I, I don't know all these things uh, yeah so in the morning we also got crap left he starts giving it out up and down the wing uh, so we got pally with the whole wing in about a day so everyone knew about all this anyway watch this now Monday morning no sorry was it Tuesday morning I think it was the Tuesday morning I think it was I'm not quite sure or Monday morning I can't remember I've woke up and there's a guy sitting on the on the tables there and he he's an inmate but he takes your name for uh, gym this is how it was back then gym education uh, art courses or anything you want to do and watch this there's a there's a guy with big big long dreadlock guy light skinned guy and I've gone that looks like the guy I used to get my uh, crack off out there and like I said I, I only met him on the Thursday night before court on the Friday two three three days ago it's only him can you believe that it's only him uh, what are you here for mate two keys of crack two keys yeah two keys I'm on my mind wow I thought wow I only see you three days ago anyway that was just a little story uh, yeah so that's how the jail went on uh, do you know what it is in there it was all it was all just new everything was new to me so it, being in jail is, is like I said it's not the sort of place you can go up to an officer and go hello officer uh, how's lunch what is for lunch and what is this and what is that you really they don't really tell you I mean, you go to this induction course where they've got like an OHP, which is an overhead projector for all you youngsters that don't know what that is. There weren't any of these fancy laptops and that back then, mate. So, uh, yeah, they were... And they put up there, you know, any harassment, any bullying won't be tolerated. This is how you fill out your forms, uh, your menu forms, if what, what you want to eat and all this and all that. But... It, them telling you and you putting it into practice it's just impossible mate honestly that was the main thing about jail that really put me off it was the lack of help from the officers to first timers I'm a first timer don't forget I'm not a seasoned criminal uh, I, I, I'm not caught in that revolving door yet uh, so you know I'm not saying we need you know, we're, we're criminals we're there for punishment I understand all that but you know they need to I thought that they needed to be a bit more you know here mate this is what you do this is what you do walk you through it even if it's just one day because that was unsettling man because you know you, you, you don't know how to ask you don't want to ask you don't want to look like an idiot you know you go and ask how do I do this mate and someone's going to say who's this idiot and you don't be viewed like that of course you don't but anyway I managed to uh, navigate is that the word navigate my way around uh, yeah that that was the main thing that was the main thing anyway right uh, can he come and get your property when I got my property came back so I've got my property uh, all my jeans and my t-shirts because you're allowed your own clothes on with you and uh, they take me they say right pack your kit now they're splitting us up me and that guy 
this is a few days later obviously so I'm going to my uh, my wing I'm going to my wing so uh, they've taken me to sorry about that they've taken me to wing 5 which is the dollhouse wing so that's where they've taken me so they moved me to wing 5 which is a dollhouse which is short termers as in a year or two under and uh, people that are on uh, I think it was people that are on remand still a few remand lads there so uh, I'm there I've, I've, I'm in a cell with a guy from Banbury I remember clearly uh, I won't give his name I was about to give his name then oh god uh, so I'm in a guy in with a guy from uh, Banbury. He was in for uh, crashing a car and doing the off. Uh, yeah, so leaving the scene or however it's worded. So uh, I'm there, wing five. It's shaped not like any of the other wings in Woodhill. It's totally different. It's just one. You know what? You couldn't even tell the difference between that and Bedford D wing exactly the same uh, just a square so uh, yeah I'm there for a few weeks I think I was there for about a month four weeks or something like that and I remember every day coming out myself scared like worried every this is every day I'm 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 in I'm in, I'm in a panic it's not easing up on me it's not a case of all oh, right, you know, you're getting used to it and everything like that. It's not honestly. I I was scared every day of that every day of that sentence in Woodhill. I was scared. I didn't get used to it. It was all alien to me. Because uh, you got to remember, I was the first one out of our little crew to go jail. So uh, we we haven't visited jails. We know nothing about jail. So it was. It it wasn't nice. It wasn't honestly. I I I I was I weren't in a good place. Right out of my comfort zone. Couldn't adjust to it. Didn't know what to do. Uh, anyway, one. And this is now this bit. Like I said, I don't want to get all mystical, but this bit is this is the absolute truth. Watch this. One day I pray, and I pray to God like God, uh, you know, make this sentence easy for me please and watch this the next day the next day I get a slip under my door whoop I pick it up uh, you're going to be going to then there's used to tell you're going to be going to Spring Hill Jail they used to tell you back then I don't think they tell you where you're going now they just come and get you Spring Hill Jail oh that sounds different didn't know what it was like I said I'm not a jailer so I don't know so I remember asking the guy, the friendliest guy on the wing, I sort of like slivered and slimed to get towards him and just asked him. I didn't want to ask anyone else. I just targeted him because he looked the friendliest. <laughs> so I've gone, mate, do you know what this is? And he's looked at him and he's gone, you lucky bastard. I've gone, why? Why Why am I lucky? He's gone, do you know what that is? That's an open jail. Uh, still doesn't mean anything to me. But then when he described it about you can go home at the weekend for eight hours. Uh, once you're there a little while, you, you'll you even get a, a long, what we call long weekend. So from Friday till the Monday, you can go and stay at home. Uh, home leave, that's what it's called, home leave. You're open all day. You've got a key to your cell. 
there's no wall around the jail it's porter cabins so there's no nuts and uh, sorry locks and bolts it's just porter cabins uh, and that's that's what the jail is you're open till you, you sorry you're not, well you're open anyway you've got to be on your little porter cabin at 11 at night so you're, you're you can start walking about 8 in the morning you've got to be on there at 11 at night I didn't believe him I, I just said oh thank you mate yeah thank you and like walk back to my cell and my 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 uh i think my cell my cellmate got it as well because i remember we we was talking about it that night and c couldn't believe it. it was like can that be true is there such a jail that can't be true surely that can't be true and the guy was going you were first time i remember the guy was telling me he was describing it. are you a first is this your first offense i go yeah He's gone, what is it for? Is it for fraud? And I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, first time offence, fraud or little drink driving, you get a decap near enough automatically. Uh, or if you're a lifer or doing a big sentence, 10, 8, 15. And let's, let's say you're doing an 8. So after doing, so them days it was probably for 5. When you've got like about a year left, they might send you to a decat or if you're a lifer when you've got two years left or three years left they'll send you there to uh help you get back into society they'll they'll like take you out give you money and say they'll watch you go and spend it in the shop because some of those lifers currencies change and uh you know mobile phones they weren't they weren't common but people had them you know so seeing all that cars transport it's all changed for those people who were banged up since 60s and 70s or 80s not even 80s 70s uh, so a lot of things have changed so uh, you know lifers a few years like till they're done they'll, they'll go to a decap to just slowly reintroduce them so anyway grab our stuff pack your kit tomorrow you go you know like you're going so anyway on the bus going to Spring Hill and I remember driving up these lanes and I was thinking is there a jail out here and and and, the, and, I, and now I'm a bit more now I can speak on the bus so I'm going Gov you know I'm a bit confident <laughs> I'm going Gov where's the jail he's going it's just over there mate I'm going Gov where he's going just there mate and he, the second time he said it a bit stern so I didn't ask the third time and I'm looking out the window going, where? Where is this guy pointing to? Where? What's he on about? Can't see it. Uh, but we were right next to it. We are driving, driving up the up the lane. And I remember the, I remember reading the sign and it said, uh, officers, uh, like uh, the officers' houses were there. I can't remember the word now. Uh, I can't remember where it was lodging. I can't remember. But the officers, because it's out in the sticks, the officers actually used to live around there. And it's a proper street in that. So anyway, driving up, driving up, boom, we're get we're off the bus and I'm looking around and I'm thinking What's going on here? This ain't this ain't surely this ain't the jail. We're not cuffed, we just walked into this room. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? This this ain't right. Uh, I saw a pal of mine who I went to college with straight off the bat. He was like doing the 
like digging plants and all that around the reception. I see him, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even know what he, I didn't even know he was in, even in jail and he's quite a good pal of mine. He's all right, good lad. Uh, anyway, so uh, we got in reception. They, you know, walk us, talk us. Uh, they give us a key, tell us what block we're on, give us a bit of kit. Uh, your property will be ready later or tomorrow because they still got to search it regardless. Uh, boom I'm walked down I've got their prison stuff like prison trackies and things like that he goes you're on the induction wing you'll be on that for about a week until we get you a proper placement alright sweet gone down there gone down to the the room and I'm thinking what's happening it's just a normal porter cabin flimsy little wooden door flimsy little hut uh, the guy showing us around obviously he's going there's the games room uh, that list there it was, they called it the core. Uh, there'll be a list that comes up there, and if there's a cross next to your name, that means you've got mail. Uh, there's no cross, no mail that day. All right, sweet. He's just telling us about all these things. Uh, the food, the menu options, make sure your slips are in by so-and-so. Uh, visits, how they work, uh, where you're going to be working, all these sorts of things. Uh, me, I'm more taken back by everyone just walking around. I couldn't believe it. I thought, yes, what a result. Uh, I thought, I was over the moon. I thought, yes. Uh, met a couple of other people I know. Like I said, I, I, I didn't know they were in jail, but I, know, I knew their family, like cousins and friends. And yeah, so got right comfortable there super quick. Uh, was on induction room for a bit. Uh, going to get meals, huge salad, because they grow their own, they do their own farms and gardens, which is like you know growing lettuces, cucumbers, so all of that. So there's a massive salad bar, a salad bar in jail. Wow, uh, the food's brilliant. You get a lovely breakfast. Uh, you know, couldn't believe it. Uh, I, I thought, wow. Uh, got our bed placement I can remember I was on J block J5 I can remember I can still remember uh, J5 I can't remember my first pad mate who it was anyway uh, I, had, I had quite a few pad mates so uh, anyway I'm there J5 I remember a guy next door he used to always play music loud I remember and I was opposite uh, Frankie Fraser mad Frankie Fraser his son was opposite David he was opposite me so I opened my door and he was there he's a nice guy man uh, I think he's in for a shotgun and a I don't want to say I'm not allowed to say anyway uh, yeah so lovely guy he used to tell stories and that so brilliant but you've got to be careful uh, obviously you know you don't want to look like an idiot you can't ask people like that even though you want to ask them all the questions under the sun you can't you know you can't uh, yeah mate I loved it I loved that I loved that jail it was brilliant uh, I started uh, going around and speaking to people and getting introduced to people uh, yeah I, I was I was so comfortable that jail come on of course you're comfortable man I, I was getting visits every weekend the, the visits don't get checked you don't get searched you don't get searched you just you can walk around a field with your visitors so uh, I was getting uh, it's all done now so uh, anyway I can talk about it I was getting Puff brought in on visits 
uh, I got a little treat once, a bit of crack, but uh, you know that was a mistake. But uh, yeah, I was getting puff brought in on visits. Uh, I was going around, you know. It was a, it was a, it was a, a fat joint for a phone card, a two pound phone card. Then days it was phone cards, so a two pound phone card for a, a fat joint. So uh, yeah, I'd get loads of canteen bits and pieces of for canteen for myself. Uh, you know the the mackerel and tuna and cans of coke, chocolate, crisp, crunchy nut, all of those things. Because there's only a certain amount of money you can spend once a week for canteen. So I think it was about twenty twenty five pound you could spend. I mean you'd have a hundred pound in there or two hundred pound in there, but you can only spend twenty or twenty five pound. I think it was. So obviously, if you're a smoker, which I was. You're going to buy a few pouches of tobacco to last you the week. All the other little treats and trimmings, you have to find another way around it. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was like that. The laundry, everything was separate. Buildings were separate. So the laundry was over there. So you'd have to walk outside. So come off your hut, walk outside. And, it, uh, yeah, I think it was an old base of some, some sort, like a, some army base thing years ago. I'm not too sure. But that's how it was set up. Uh, the the lunch place was set, uh, the dining hall was separate. Everything was separate. The games room it was all separate. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I'm there a while. I've got introduced to uh, well, not introduced. I, I built up a friendship with him. I won't say his name for sure. I won't say his name, but he was on the back end of a seven. I think it was a seven he got for a couple of kilos of brown. So anyway, got talking. This is, I mean, a few months in. Got talking, and he goes, "Look, uh, I will bring you a quarter of brown, and you give me three hundred pound in phone cards. So it would be a hundred and fifty two pound phone cards." Is that right? Was that right? I'm sure that was right. So 152 pound phone cards uh, to 300 pound, and one 10 pound bag, which was a small 10 pound bag. Obviously, it's jail. It was a four item bag, so it was eight quid really. So four two pound phone cards, you get a 10 pound bag, a small 10 pound bag. So that's how I was doing it. I was making up loads of 10 pound bags. I was lovely, I was doing really well, I was getting loads of stuff for myself, uh, but then what happened, I started getting crack off this guy, and then, because I had loads of money, excess money and excess phone cards, and so I could afford it, it was a treat, and me, I'm a crack smoker. So I started getting crack off someone there, smoking crack, and uh, then what happens, I'm getting quite wired, and because it's an open jail, you're constantly in contact with other people, I can't walk around all wide-eyed, I can't, so I start smoking the brown. Uh, oh, that this is where it all goes pear-shaped now. Now all my profits are going on crack and then 
to Brown I'm smoking. So I'm making his 300. But all my profits are going. He hasn't really noticed. But uh, he knows. He, he's got some idea. But as long as he's getting cashed in, I don't think he cares. So I start smoking the Brown. Buying the crack. Smoking the Brown. Then the guy just stops. The guy just stops doing the crack. Boom. Done. Uh, Alright. Well, that's that done. But I still carry on smoking the brown. And I've got it around me every week. Every week I'm getting it. So I've got it around me every day. And then I remember I slept in one day. I remember clear as day. I slept in one day because I had no uh, pad mate, roommate. He had been released. So I didn't have no one move in. I was like, oh yes, I'm going to take this day today. You know one of them ones. I'm going to take this day, wake up late. I woke up late. And I felt so bad. My whole body was aching. And I was like, what's going on here? My whole body, my whole body, like from my neck down to my toe was in pain. And this is the first time, I mean, I don't know it yet. But this is the first time I was withdrawing from heroin. I didn't know this at the time, don't forget I didn't notice at the time, but I was in serious pain, and uh, I had gear, but I ju it just didn't. I didn't know it was withdrawal. I just thought I was ill, really badly ill. So do you know what I done? I didn't smoke it because I didn't know I was withdrawing. Of course, I, if I knew I was withdrawing, I would have straight away smoked it. I thought stay away from that. Don't smoke any you're ill you're not well so just relax I I, 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 I I shit you not I did not realise I didn't know so anyway I remember we get called for work and I'm working in the farms and gardens uh, quick side story sorry I've just got to fit this in quickly I was a I was a dining room cleaner and I got I lost my job so I was put back into farms and gardens why I lost my job because I was a visits cleaner and people were coming and we had a scheme set up where I would say to people right they didn't want to pass the money over even though it was easy to do so but they didn't want to get caught doing it because these people were gonna if these people get caught they get put back in normal lock-up jails and they're not going to risk it because they're so close to home so what they would do is they'd put it in a cigarette box, pack it, screw it up and throw it in the bin. And then I would go back and they would come round and say, right, click, I've got an embassy packet, 40 quid in it, 20 yours. Right, click, I've got a B&H packet, there's a one in it. And it was half half. So I was on a double, triple win. So I was lovely. One day I walked down there, I've opened up the bins, nothing. I can't find, I've got a list of about four packs, four different packs can't find them I'm thinking what the, what's going on here Where's all, what's happening they're not going to believe me and what happens the guy calls me and goes you, you're not working here anymore what what are you talking about no you're not working anymore report to farms and gardens that was just a quick side story oh dear so they obviously knew I mean they couldn't prove it hence that's why I didn't get in trouble they don't know I'm coming to do my job but uh, anyway so I'm on farms and gardens which is 
the most labour intensive work because you've got to dig up, plant seeds, uh, give you know, give them all water, walk around there, walk around here, potting this, potting that. It's a, you know, it's, yeah, it's farm. It's exactly what it says. It is farms and gardens because you're on a massive farm, aren't you? That's what Springfield is. All the side bits is all farms. So we grow all our own veg and all that. So uh, I remember being in one of the greenhouses and I'm in a lot of pain. So I, I got these uh, cardboard boxes and laid them down behind these pallets and I was lying down, like just bunking off work and I, and I was tossing and turning and I was in a bad way, man. I mean, like I said, I had heroin on me, but I didn't know I was withdrawing. And my mate comes and he goes, what's wrong with you? You've been like that for, <clears throat> for a day or so now. What's wrong with you? That he knew I smoked. And he's gone, uh, he described some uh, symptoms. And I said, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I've got that. And he's gone, you're, you're, you're clucking, what we call clucking, which is withdrawing. I've gone, shut up, man. I'm, don't be silly. Come on, I ain't doing that. <coughs> Sorry. And he's gone, you are. He's gone, watch, get a joint, roll a joint, because I used to smoke it in joints. He's gone, I guarantee you get better. I've rolled a joint, and I I, I uh, shit you not without, oh, I didn't want to swear there, but I shit you not, oh God, done it again. Uh, I took four pulls on this joint, like this, and instantly the pain just went my whole body was in pain for a day two days I took four pulls of the joint and every bit of pain and I could feel the pain going starting at my feet coming up my legs all my legs are done all uh, uh, my calves are done all my hamstrings the pain's gone there all my ribs the pain's gone my arms I could feel it coming up my body and the pain gone oh wow what a relief but I've got heroin, raging heroin habit. Because I've got it around me all the time. Uh, oh dear. Now, I get a town visit. Like, I'm just skipping on a bit here. I get a town visit. So this is where it started coming to an end. So I get a town visit, uh, a home leave. So I'm away for four days. As I'm about to go, because I'm supplying heroin in that jail, and uh, no one else, there's only 240 people in that jail, so there's not a lot of people in there. But a lot of people there are relying on me because they've got heroin habits now, because I've been supplying it a while now. And they've gone to me, I remember, they've gone, uh, Clip, look, you're going away for four days on a home leave can you leave gear with someone before you go tomorrow so we're not ill so we've got it you know so we're alright yeah you're alright because you got it but if you leave we've got no way of getting it I was like that yeah no problem I'll leave it with someone yeah no problem no problem I had no intention of leaving it with anyone I don't trust anyone uh, and I didn't and my mistake because what happened when I got back from my town my home leave I got drug tested, which I was sort of expecting, but but the worst thing was my name. They had this box there where you could put anonymous tips in. My name was put in that box 
three or four times for supplying heroin and I sort of found out it was through the people that were I left withdrawing I mean I can't say I understand it but I sort of do they were so pissed off and they were in bits that they put my name in a box arseholes I couldn't believe it so anyway I come back from my town visit I get drug tested I failed for cocaine they give me 28 days heroin they gave me 28 days uh, amphetamine it came up the pills came up amphetamine I don't think they tested for MDMA so the pills came amphetamine 14 days and they gave me 14 days suspended for puff I can remember clear as day them days the governor could give you extra time so imagine you do you get sentenced to two years and you've got to do 12 months the governor can, can the governor can give you extra time up to your two years so basically he's got 12 months to play with isn't he so now he's an outside adjudicator and so on and so forth outside court but those days the governor could do it so they've given me two and a half extra months I think I only had three months to go two three months to go so now I've got to do an extra two and a half months wounded alright but I'm still in Spring Hill so everything's sweet now every morning there was a roll call so they'll say stand by your bed to the roll call uh, that's what they would say so 8 in the morning can you stand by your bed to the roll call uh, so they come round and do a head check a head count and then obviously once the numbers go back to the office the core they yeah everything's okay right stand down and go to work please and then everyone goes to work this day they've gone come round done the roll check so everyone stands by their beds they've done the head count and then the lady goes uh, stand down and go to work but then she goes no no do not stand down do not stand down and go to work stand by your beds do not move from your beds stand by your beds that's not a normal call what she's done there is not normal it's never happened before I don't think it will happen well it might happen again but I'm just saying it's not normal I was like hold on a minute that doesn't sound right what's that all about I've uh, I've heard footsteps like coming really fast and keys jingling I know what that sound is I'm not an idiot it's officers running up the up the port cabin because they're like really flimsy you can hear it I've opened my door and I've looked and I could see them charging I knew it was for me I just knew it was for me I knew straight away it's not for anyone else it's for me you know it just quickly added up to me I failed my drug test something's not right I've heard that these people have done this put my name in a box so I'm, I'm sort of adding it up I've slammed the door closed and I've grabbed I had 20 wraps on the side I've grabbed them quickly plugged them which means putting them into my rectum uh, and just about sat on my bed and my door comes in whoop right don't you move don't you dare move your hands we are taking you to the office and then from there you're going across to Grendon which is a uh, another jail 
which is uh, opposite Spring Hill. It's for like the real, like mentally, in, like uh, I don't want to say insane, but it's the you know the mental head cases, the people that need uh, really deep, deep therapy to do with their crime. Uh, a lot of sexual offenders go there. Uh, and other people who who just want to you know deal with their traumas and their and their experiences you know they're not all sexual offenders uh, a lot of solid people have gone there but uh, you've got to sign some sort of pact to say I won't attack them but anyway they've got holding cells Spring Hill because it's an open jail doesn't have holding cells so uh, they've taken me I remember. And I remember there was this one officer, can I say his name? He was about 45 then, so yeah, Collins. His name was Collins, I remember. And he used to always prod me. And the smile on his face when he was putting the cuffs on, he was so happy that he's caught someone, do you know, like that. Uh, yeah, so I'm in shock now. I'm like, oh, what, who, me, where, what? And they've taken me over the road to Grendon, walked me over there, because it's only, it's only a couple hundred yards. Walked me over there, put me in a holding cell, and I've gone, God, what's happening? He's gone, a bus is going to come and get you and take you to Bullingdon. What's Bullingdon, Gov? It's another jail, not far from here. Uh, is it a, like a lockdown, a proper jail? Yep, you had your chance, you effed it up. This was the conversation I'm having. You had your chance, you effed it up, now you've got to go there and do the rest of your time. I was like that. Oh, you are joking. Are you serious? Yeah, you've got to go there now. Uh, yeah, you've got to pay the piper for what you've done. Oh dear. Right, so I'm back in uh, a lockup jail now, Bullingdon. And uh, obviously I'm a, I'm a bit more experienced with... Uh, jail and criminals and how to and what to and not to uh, yeah so it's a normal lock up jail I'm so upset that I messed it all up I'm so upset I've got to do an extra two and a half months uh, that phone call home weren't fun at all oh god uh, yeah what a mistake what a mistake uh, I mean like I said like I said before the governor used to be able to give you extra time back then but now obviously it's, it's an outside outside court and a lot of the time they don't uh, they don't really do all that if it's if it's not something that's really worth it I don't think they do all that now so uh, I don't think I would have got in that much trouble if it was now, I, I, I sure as I wouldn't do an extra two and a half extra months. So yeah, that was uh, that was uh, my uh, first time I ever got a proper habit. Didn't know what it was. First time in jail, petrified, a little kid. I'm only 21, just turned 21 in fact, and I'm with seasoned criminals and uh, not a place to be man what a waste of life going to jail what an absolute waste of life uh, yeah 
for sure but uh yeah five years five i think i didn't go to jail again until 2005 i went away for about four weeks and then 2009 10 11 12 13 14 15 i think i don't think there was a year i wasn't in jail after that six months eight months 16 weeks 36 weeks but we'll get on to that on episode three episode three i'm gonna start talking more about me really letting the drugs get hold of me really bad and the day-to-day crime the petty pettier crimes what i was doing then to fund a habit and we're going to start talking about things like that and basically where I went and the revolving door of jail the in and out, the in and out and never being out for more than a month or two then back in and look at addiction more look at mental health a bit more but I'd just like to say thank you to uh, George George Fletcher Bagnall he's another C2 officer he's a he helps in my podcast a lot and a big shout to Scott the Wizard who's my tech guy without him I'd be lost because I'm not tech savvy at all and a big shout to the C2 team the C2 police officers Dave, Rianne obviously George again and uh, thank you to probation Lizzie and thank you to Nikki from CGL the Change Growth Live Drug and Alcohol Services thank you very much thank you for listening and again thanks for all the support and all the positive feedback it really means a lot to me it really does and uh, thank you again